you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And yes, the Baylor Bears are your national champions in college basketball. Of course, they defeated Gonzaga in what was a surprisingly non-competitive game. Gonzaga did seem to, to feel the after effects of that UCLA game, and Baylor, well, they just played about as good as they can possibly play. It wasn't much of a matchup, but you know what? There's some lessons that I think Missouri fans can actually gleam from the Scott Drew era, and I want to get to that of course, but you know what? I actually do want to start with something related to Missouri, of course, but a bit off my usual topic, which is, of course, Mizzou football and basketball. But let's talk about Jaden Cox. Of course, Missouri wrestler, former Hickman High School graduate, heck of a singer in his own right, but most importantly, a guy that we all expected to compete at 96 kilograms at the Olympics this summer in Japan. But as of now, that appears to not be happening because of a snafu at the weigh-in at the Olympic trials. Now, to me, this is a clear example of when you need to take the spirit of the law and not the letter of the law, because this is absolute insanity that Jaden Cox, that basically USA Wrestling, is cutting off its nose to spite its face here. Because you might be saying, I can hear a lot of you right now, hey, if, if the Olympics mean so much to you, you need to make weight once every four years. We'll get there on time. And if you can't do that, well, maybe you don't deserve to be on the team. Hey, fair point. I hear you there. But here's the reality of the situation. That 97-kilogram freestyle weigh-in was scheduled for 8 o'clock. And guess what? It's, it's been confirmed by multiple sources, and you can confirm this digitally, in fact. There's technology that is verifiable via Cox's official athlete credential at these trials. He, alive, he arrived 39 minutes before the scales closed at the building. So he's basically hanging out. I'm not sure what he's doing. He's warming out, whatever's happening. But for whatever reason, his current coach and him have a miscommunication, and Cox doesn't actually show up to the scales until 13 minutes at 8.13 a.m. after the scales are done. So he missed weigh-in, essentially, despite the fact that he was literally in the building about 40 minutes before he needed to get there. Again, spirit of the law versus leather of the law. And by the way, USA Wrestling, where are your officials? Where are the people who are in charge of this thing? Why do you have any administrators whatsoever? And by the way, what is the point of this automated barcode that apparently they were able to track Jaden Cox, realize that he was in the building 39 minutes before the scales closed, and yet nobody thought, hey, where's Jaden? He's one of our best wrestlers. Oh, he's in the building? Hey, somebody wave his ass down. Hey, Jaden, Jaden. Jaden, buddy! Jaden, where are you? How difficult would that have been for somebody to just flag him down? 
honestly, I, I don't understand what's going on in this, in this world right now. Do we just have a bunch of people who just want to enforce arbitrary rules? Is that, is that where we are as a society? Because again, the guy is in the building. He's very much findable. Somebody go find him. Nice job, USA Wrestling. Nice job. Now, as of now, Cox and his team are appealing this decision, appealing another another weigh-in, a weigh-in period. Well, their first appeal was denied. Right now, it's not looking great. I just think it's kind of funny what a contrast there is in amateur athletics where the USA Olympic wrestling team, for instance, my God, everything is to the exact letter and specification of their own made-up rules. But when it comes to the NCAA, for instance, when it comes to the Kansas basketball program, for instance, or North Carolina is really the great example. Roy, Daggum Roy Williams just retired. Well, as I've pointed out before, the only reason that the fraudulent North Carolina classes that were taken by many of their athletes, the only reason they were considered okay by the NCAA is because other students participated in the fraud. Non-athletes participated in the fraud. They were they were the students in those class too. So since they were all defrauded, well it's okay. Now what kind of a, a pretzel do you have to twist yourself into in order to make that okay? But somehow Jaden Cox again physically inside of the building, well we can't possibly make a 13 minute exception for this guy despite the fact that again one of your best competitors, a guy that has a chance to medal what in the holy hell are we doing in our society? What is amateur athletics? Is it the Olympics where every little detail matters and by golly, we, are, we have so much integrity. Ha ha, by the way, the Olympics have integrity. We can get into that. But just the ultimate level of integrity. And then you've got, well, quite honestly, college basketball. What a contrast. And you know what? If I actually had an interview with Jaden Cox, if I had that opportunity to ask him what happened here, I think this is what it might sound like. So what happened? <laughs> a snooze alarm, wasn't it? No, my, it wasn't a snooze. Most people think it was the snooze, but no. No snooze. AM, PM. Man, it wasn't AM, PM. It was the volume. Yes, the volume. There was a separate knob for the radio alarm. Oh, separate knob. Yes, separate knob. Why separate knob? Why separate knob? Some people like to have the radio alarm a little louder than the radio. Oh, please, man, please! And you know what? I agree with Jean-Paul, the poor New York City marathon runner who slept in through his starting time on an episode of Seinfeld. But you know what? If Jean-Paul had made the starting line at the New York City marathon, well, then I can bet you that he would have been loading up with Built Bar for a little bit of extra fuel for the race. Because guess what? Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, High protein, high fiber, amazing tasting bar with 100% chocolate on all its bars. Yes, it's great for running a marathon. In fact, that's what it was specifically designed to do. 
is help you run a marathon. No, that's that's not actually true. I'm going off the copy. So let's get back on schedule here and just let me remind you to go to buildbar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order at buildbar.com and find out which of their great protein bars best suits your taste. And get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski updates you on all the latest news in every sport with the help of our local experts. Follow Locked On Today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And you know what? Let's get in a little bit deeper into the Kansas thing just quickly here because there was some news this week that Kansas and Bill Self have agreed to a contract extension, yes, during the middle of an NCAA investigation, an FBI investigation, a multi-year one at that. Well, the University of Kansas Athletic Department decides this is the perfect moment to award Bill Self with a lifetime contract. Honestly, Jayhawk Nation, I'm almost impressed. I really am. Just with your complete and utter disdain for not only the rule of law, but right and wrong as well. And now I'm quoting from Bill Self's new new contract here. Quote, the parties agree that athletics will not terminate head coach for cause due to any current infractions matter that involves conduct that occurred on or prior to the date of full execution of this agreement. In other words, no matter what happens, Bill Self is going to be safe at Kansas, folks. And of course, just you know, to further clarify the matter, if, if Self is suspended by the NCAA or the Big 12 for that matter, any of the, anything related to those infractions cases, well, he's agreed to forfeit half of his salary during that time. Well, what a hero. My goodness. I, I take it all back. Bill Self is truly an exemplary human being. Now, obviously, I've been rather sarcastic and tongue-in-cheek here the last couple minutes breaking, all, breaking down all the Kansas and Bill Self contract details, but I will say, just from a bigger picture perspective, this feels like a gigantic middle finger slash shot at the bow across the NCAA. I mean, honestly, this is this is the University of Kansas, a blue blood athletic program. What, no matter whether you like them or not, one of the major basketball programs of all time just saying, you know what, NCAA, we really don't care what you think at all. So you got to wonder with all the talk of the big five conferences possibly breaking off and starting their own deal. Who knows? Maybe this will be seen in the future as the first step in that big change. By the way, speaking of basketball programs with morally suspect integrity, well, congratulations to the Baylor Bears and Scott Drew for winning the national championship. One thing I've noticed from some Mizzou fans is I guess I'll call these people the why does Missouri settle for mediocrity crowd? And they seem to think that, well, Missouri, the reason they've never made a Final Four, the reason they've never officially won a college football national championship is just this mentality for mediocrity. 
And by golly, they're pointing to the Baylor Bears this year and saying, aha, you see, Baylor, they didn't settle for mediocrity, and look what's happened. They've taken a, a team that was the absolute dregs of the Big 12, and look where they are now. Well, I got news for you. All of you people who want to push Conzo Martin out the door, and some of you may be totally legitimately right in the long run. I have my complaints about Conzo Martin as well. But my point is, is I'm not so sure that you people would have been patient with Scott Drew. Because guess what? This whole thing started all the way back when I was actually still in college. That's how long ago this was. Back in 2004. Now, let me give you, see, since Conzo Martin has been at Missouri for four years, let me give you Scott Drew's first four years at Baylor. Now, some of you are going to say, all right, well, Conzo Martin didn't have to deal with a murder scandal. Fair enough, but Kim Anderson did attempt to murder the basketball program. So I'm going to say they're at least somewhat on par. Can you give me that? All right. So with all that said, people are upset about Conzo Martin's four years. Well, here are... Scott Drew's first four years at Baylor. Well, let's just go by the, the Ken Palm national rankings. Again, there are about 350 teams in Division I. Well, his first year, Baylor was 232nd. His second year, they were 236th. His third year, they were 154th. And then his fourth year, they made a somewhat decent improvement to 107th. Now, let's look at that from just... Maybe if you're, maybe you're not a Ken Palm guy. All right, how about Big 12 victories his first four years? 3-13, and 1-15, and 4-12, and 4-12. And and so his best season in the Big 12 his first four years is 4-12. and 12. You're telling me that all you people are ready to drive Conzo Martin to the airport after making the tournament twice in his first four seasons would be totally confident and ready to move forward with Scott Drew in that 2008 season. Well, in 2008, Baylor did break through. They did make the NCAA tournament as an 11 seed, lost in the first round. And then in 2009, well, they didn't make it again. So again, you've got one NCAA tournament in six years. Would all of you have been that patient with that? Be honest with yourselves, especially following up that NCAA tournament appearance with a 5-11 and season in the Big 12, I think after six years, plenty, plenty of Missouri fans would have been more than impatient with those results. So I just want to provide a little context there, not necessarily trying to convince anybody either way on Conzo, but just this idea that, oh, Scott Drew, this is the way forward. Yeah, I guess if you're much more patient than the people who would like to get rid of the current coach, then yes, I guess that's something we could do. And while Gonzaga definitely did not have a, a good night on Monday, they were obviously an excellent team. And the style of offensive basketball that they play for the most part, especially one specific facet of it, is something that I would like to see every team glom onto going forward, but especially our Missouri Tigers. I want to tell you more about that. But first, let me hit betonline.ag where I personally placed a futures bet a couple months ago on the Kansas City Royals to win the AL Central at 40 to 1 odds. Well, as we speak now, the Royals are sitting at 3 and 1 and are at half that, at 20 to 1 odds. You know what? Anytime I can get some value early in the season, I feel pretty good about that. Will the Royals keep this up? 
I don't know, quite honestly. We certainly won't play the dreadful Texas Rangers all season, but a victory against the Indians, eh, a good sign, a good sign. But regardless, if you'd like to put some money on the Royals, the Cardinals, the Blues, whatever it might be, betonline.ag has you covered. And here's the thing. When you sign up for your free account on your mobile device or your computer, receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. Again, when you use the promo code Locked On, you'll get 50% on top of your first deposit as a welcome bonus. How can you beat that? So go to Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And with April upon us, it's time to shift in to mock draft mode here on Locked On NFL's network of podcasts. On the 19th through the 16th, the ultimate mock draft is starting, featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin. Hey, I've heard of him. Brian Baldinger and Michael Lombardi. Stay tuned for more info about where you can find the ultimate mock draft 2021 presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network. And earlier, I just happened to mention my college days because that's when Scott Drew began his Baylor career and run. But you know what? Probably my favorite NBA team from my college years has got to be that very first seven seconds or less Phoenix Suns team. And they were called seven seconds or less, of course, because their head coach, Mike D'Antoni, wanted Steve Nash and the rest of the guys to ideally get a shot up very quickly and most ideally under seven seconds or less. But for as much as I loved that basketball team and their style of play, I've realized that an even more effective offense and a style that I love even more is actually something Jackie McMullen, the famed Boston Globe NBA writer, something she called three seconds or less. I think that's how Gonzaga plays. Basically, you better, if you hold the ball for more than three seconds, you're doing something wrong. That's what three seconds or less means. In other words, catch the ball and do something with it. Either pass it to your teammate, drive to the basket, or shoot that thing up in the air because this holding on to the ball, it just stagnates the offense, lets your defense get set. Well, that's something that I thought Gonzaga was really great at. Maybe not necessarily, they may have overpassed, quite honestly, against Baylor. But for the most part, I think that style works and is difficult to defend. And honestly, that's a style that Quinn Snyder is now playing with the Utah Jazz. So to me, once again, Quinn Snyder is ahead of the curve offensively. Say what you will about Quinn at his time at Mizzou. Certainly there were ups and downs, and certainly he's had his personal problems during that time that he's been very open about at this point. But I can't help think back now to when, for instance, when Trayvon Bryant for the Tigers, power forward, McDonald's All-American caliber, power forward, in fact. Well, at one point, he was spending a lot of time on the perimeter and shooting three-pointers. And to a lot of old-school basketball fans, old-school Missouri fans, especially that at that time, think 15, 20 years ago, well, this just broke a lot of people's brains. You never, if you were a big guy, by golly, you got your butt down on the block, you rebounded, and you learned to play with your back to the basket. You certainly weren't standing at the top of the key and shooting three-pointers. 
But you know what? In retrospect, when you really think about it and you look at just the absolute dearth of traditional power forwards, especially in the NBA game these days, well, Trayvon Bryant shooting three-pointers, again, say what you will about Quinn Snyder's offense during that period, clearly that wasn't the problem. Trayvon Bryant was an effective three-point shooter, by the way. In fact, he was more than effective. He was a really, really good three-point shooter. He hit nearly 40%, in fact, 39.3% three-point shooter for his Missouri career. I mean, let's be honest, the 2021 team would have killed to have a guy hit that percentage, especially from the four spot. And then, moreover, Bryant also happened to play alongside Arthur Johnson, one of the greatest offensive centers, one of just the great centers, period, in Missouri basketball history. So guess what? You want to give A.J. enough room on the block to operate. So actually, Trayvon Bryant, the fact that he could knock down a three, stretch the defense, keep his man out of the lane, and give Arthur Johnson and Ricky Paulding, on the other hand, guys room to operate, driving the lane. Well, he was actually a huge, huge offensive benefit to the basketball team. Basically, what I'm trying to say is there's this old cliche that the pioneers take the arrows. Well, certainly that was the case with anybody who wanted to make a big man shoot a three-pointer. You may be a younger type person. You may be in your 20s. You think, hey, big guys shooting threes, no big deal. Well, back in the day, believe me, the three-point line, it took a long, long time for people to properly figure out how to use it. Well, despite all of Quinn Snyder's personal foibles, I actually think, especially in retrospect, I think he had a lot better idea of how to use that three-point line than the rest of the college basketball landscape. So with all that being said, as you may have noticed, we are officially into off-season mode here on Locked on Mizzou. I'm going to try to get as many shows as possible out to you, but you know what? In the off-season, there's less games less stuff to talk about and frankly I have more stuff to do outside literally outside but I was going to say outside of this space but and literally outside as well so with all that being said I will see you all next time right here on Locked on Mizzou